This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I am thrilled today to be joined by the magnificent Robin Alves. Robin's the chief operating officer of the Northwestern Medical Group, uh, the one in Vermont. She's going to tell us about rural medicine today, about COO, the role of COO, what she's most focused on a little bit more. Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Can you take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the group? Certainly. Thank you, Scott, for having me, and I'm always uh, very happy to speak about rural medicine and um, its challenges. Uh, I am a 30-year veteran of the healthcare industry on the business side, um, supporting um, physicians and hospitals throughout. Uh, I um, recently, over the last five years of my career, become very passionate about rural healthcare and its challenges um, and the challenges typically of those populations from a socioeconomic standpoint, um, transportation mitigation, and things of that nature. Northwestern Medical Group is an employed medical group. Um, About now, I think half of all physicians are employed physicians of either a hospital or uh, a health system. And uh, we're no different here. Um, As such, we've had challenges, obviously, with post-integration as either we've acquired practices or um, straight recruitment out of fellowship or residency um, within our multi-specialty group. Uh, We are located in northern Vermont. It is absolutely beautiful here. Um, We are surrounded by mountains. So in the winter, uh, it certainly provides challenges in delivering care and having our patients be able to access our services. We are, uh, while rural and over half of our service area um, is significantly rural, we do have the benefit of being about a half hour um, down the freeway from our tertiary center. So we really think we are able to uh, bridge the gap of being that rural outreach for Northern Vermont, but also um, close collaborators with our tertiary medical center. And, and, and there's so many things that us in more metro areas take for granted, and you touched on a bit of these, but talk a little bit about the challenges in rural Vermont or some of the rural areas of the country. Broadband, you know, you, you think in other parts of the country, you just take an Uber, there is no Uber. Talk about broadband, Uber recruiting. Tell us about what those things look like today. The broadband, the transportation, the recruiting, Give us a sense of some of those. Well, Scott, I mean, you're absolutely right, and you led with broadband. And uh, to me, I think if there was a silver lining in COVID, it was the um, uh, the vast expansion of telehealth, um, recognizing that we needed to, as an industry, meet patients where they were, keep people at home, keep them socially distanced. In rural areas, Um, You can't be successful if there is not adequate um, broadband access. And combining that with, in some uh, rural areas, socioeconomic barriers to having technology really uh, limited the ability of many individuals to take advantage of um, traditional telehealth from a broad-based standpoint. You know, the waiver that we are currently operating under, and and I do hope that the insurance industry um, has looked at the economics and realized that this really is a very cost-effective way of delivering care. Um, We were able to overcome the broadband challenges um, through the use of traditional telephone. Now, of course, 
that will be changing, I think, at the end of the year. Of course, it's very fluid right now um, with COVID. So in Vermont in particular, um, we are uh, doing a lot of advocacy um, through our hospital association uh, to continue to have payers reimburse uh, telemedicine in all secure formats, including telephone. From a transportation standpoint, there is no Uber. <laughs> we um, uh, very much have to rely on um, either social agencies to help with transportation, um, local mass transportation, which is uh, it's not 24-7. So if you need access to the hospital or the ED, that can create a barrier. Um, we do have uh, contracts and arrangements with uh, taxi cab services, but again, in a small area, uh, that also means that a patient may have a need when there's not a cab available. So those are, um, I would say, care coordination hurdles that rural medicine uh, groups face that um, you just typically do not find in an urban setting. Thank you. And, and talk to us a little bit about what are the socioeconomics in rural America today? You know, as the world, as the country's become a little bit less rural, I think 20% still live in rural populations. It used to be that everybody had relatives in rural areas, and it's not so much anymore. I remember as a kid, we constantly were going to small towns for Thanksgiving for to see our family to visit, and they've moved out of the small towns they were in. And part of it became economic opportunity, part of it became next generation. But what do the socioeconomics look like? And it must vary by rural town very much, but give us some sense of that. Uh, absolutely, I think it does um, vary by state and geography. Um, whatever the agricultural component, that's what you typically think of when you think rural. Um, but it could also be um, far-flung small towns, like I think I think about New Jersey and um, parts of upstate New York. Um, you don't typically think of those states as having rural aspects and components and populations, but they do. And in northern Vermont, I mean, for the whole state of Vermont, we just have about 630,000 residents. And it's a very, uh, one of the older patient populations and states in the country. And uh, primarily that is because it is a, a dairy state, um, very symbiotic with uh, produce and um, farmers, as well as those who uh, raise uh, cows and um, uh, livestock um, as part of the agricultural food chain. So um, in those areas, you may have uh, property and family farms that have uh, passed down generationally, uh, but the challenges and the cost and upkeep of, of running the farm creates challenges. Um, certainly during COVID, uh, and this is not unique um, uh, just to Vermont, but you know, I'll give an example, Vermont being a dairy state. Well, in COVID with transportation shut down, um, we literally had our co-ops were dumping milk um, and, and that just really um, w was personally um, uh, disappointing to me that we, you know, didn't have a mechanism to, to get milk to, to people who probably needed it. Um, so when you think about rural areas, it could be farmland, but it also could be forgotten towns. And um, if you generationally 
Um, there's not been a focus on uh, technical training or education. Uh, then you just have that generational cycle of um, you know de increased poverty and decreased standard of living. Um, some aspects of it is that there, you know, it is uh, it's, it's transportation driven. Um, I think also, you know, rural areas are no different than urban areas with respect to behavioral um, health, mental health, and addiction um, issues uh, that fuel homelessness and access to care um, that that tends to have a depressing, uh, a depressive impact on uh, the economic landscape to any community that's struggling with that. No, absolutely. And talk to us for a moment, Robert, about the, the role of COO and how is that evolving? And then, then what are you most focused on and excited about this year? Maybe those two questions. Sure. Um, I think the COO role um, varies very much by size of organization. Um, typically, the smaller the organization, the more hats you have to wear. Um, you have to be uh, um, fairly deep across a broad area of knowledge. Um, I do think that uh, where I would say a COO is evolving um, really is in response to the emerging trend or continuing trend of physician leaders and management. You may have hospital systems now led by physicians. Um, Physician-owned large uh, multi-specialty groups um, like sound physicians, um, uh, Atlantic Health up here in the Northeast. And so I think the COO really has to be um, that uh, comfortable in a dyad relationship with their clinical uh, leaders to help provide data understanding of the economic impact. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, half of all physicians now are employees in some form or fashion. And I think the biggest challenge for COOs is how do they partner with their uh, medical dyad partner to create an owner mentality in a non-owner stakeholder? Certainly, and, and fascinating. And, and Robin, what are you most focused on and excited about this year? Uh, d emerging from COVID. Um, we are excited here in Vermont that we, I think we're now over 80% vaccinated. Um, while from a community uh, aspect, we've opened up, we have less masking, although that's also very fluid with the Delta variant coming, uh, coming along. Um, we're ready to get back to normal. However, some of the um, hurdles of COVID will, will remain as COVID is no longer pandemic, but rather endemic to our society. Um, we still have to have a lot of rigor within hospitals and clinics, medical offices to keep people safe. So that means still a fair amount of ongoing screening and reasonable precautions to, uh, to separate any potential COVID um, exposed patient from uh, other types of, of sick individuals and then of course our well population. So I'm excited really to see um, what do we learn from COVID? Uh, is telehealth really cemented from a reimbursement standpoint? And how do we, at least in rural areas, 
uh, work with our, our state and um, uh, social agencies to bridge um, transportation gaps as well as technology gaps um, so that we can uh, really contribute to a reduced cost of care and um, ensure that the patients continue to stay on um, their, you know, if they're uncontrolled diabetics, um, mental, uh, mental health issues and challenges that we can continue to help patients where they are. Robin, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Just a, a fantastic glimpse into the world of rural health today, and also just the role of Chief Operating Officer and this excitement of emerging COVID and hoping that some of these gains on telehealth and other things stick. And you mentioned in the role of the state, the role of the work with payers and so forth. And just a pleasure to hear your thoughts and listen to your thoughts in the state. Thank you, Robin, very much. Well, thank you, Scott. It's always a pleasure to join you.